I want now to go a little bit back of the text because you see the New Testament is always writing, drawing from the Old Testament. There are two types of women in the Old Testament which prepare for our understanding of Mary. One is called the Akara, the barren woman. Uh, and there's Sarah, Rebecca, the mother of Samson, Hannah, Elizabeth, and then finally even Jerusalem itself is called an Akara. What is important about that? It means that the child or children to whom she gives birth are a work of God directly. Yes, they come about conceived in the normal course of events, but of women who are barren. This is a very important theme, the theme of the Akerot, the barren women, because it shows God's hand in guiding Israel. So, as I said, you know, uh, the mother of Isaac, uh, the mother of Rebecca and, and her child, the mother of Samson, uh, Hannah, the mother of Samuel, Elizabeth, the mother of uh, John the Baptist, and then Jerusalem, or Sion, in Isaiah 54, the mother of the whole nation. In other words, showing forth the sovereign power of God, uh, starting with uh, Sarah and coming forward, these people are born by a direct miracle of God. These women who could not conceive, conceiving a child, a male child, who has a key role to do in salvation history. Mary is the Akira that gives the configuration to all the others because she's a virgin. The others are married women. This one is a virgin. And she gives birth. So one of the images of this woman who is spoken about um, in the book of Revelation, alluded to as we'll see. The other is Mother Sion, suffering because of sin, but whose sufferings are called in the rabbinic tradition Havle Shel HaMashiach, the birth pangs of the Messiah. That's a rabbinic phrase. Now you find these, these texts in Jeremiah, Isaiah, Micah, and so forth. Um, and then, of course, in the, the, what they call the apocalyptic Jewish literature. Now it's the people who are called Akira, you see. Um, and they're suffering. These people are not called, I'm sorry, these people are not called Akira, but their mother Sion suffering to bring forth the Messiah. It's very interesting. If you look at the Old Testament, uh, nearly every time we have that, you know, speaking about the birth pangs, I have, I'm suffering like a woman in labor. The next passage is about reinstatement or consolation. And that's the work of the editors, probably, who put these prophetic texts together. But what does it do then? It shows you that Mother Sion gives birth to the next in God's plan. And so that these birth pangs, as I say, are called in the rabbinic tradition, Havlei Shal HaMashiach, the birth pangs of the Messiah. Paul utilizes this same phrase, uh, for instance, and so does Matthew, 
Um, in Romans 8, when he's talking about all the, you know, creation is moaning and so forth, and he, you know, in his labor, and Odines in Greek, in Greek, these are the Havle Shalamashiach, bringing forth the church. You see? So Mary is now the fulfillment of the Akirah, and she's Mother Sion. That's why all the fathers of the church apply that psalm, this one and that was born in her, to Mary. That's why, as difficult as it is to understand the book of Revelation, that early part in chapter 12, this woman is giving birth to the Messiah and crying out in pain, okay? Our Lady didn't cry out in pain, but she was in much more pain than any woman has ever been giving birth. And that was a very strong tradition. You find it um, in the apocalyptic tradition of Judaism and what we call the intertestamental literature, uh, especially the uh, Aramaic translations of the Hebrew Bible. You find this notion a lot. Okay, so Mary is there. She's Mother Sion giving birth to the Messiah. Not the Messiah. She did that painlessly in Jesus. Now giving birth to the church. She does that in pain. John is the church. And he receives her, you see, as the text says, he, he took her into his heart. And that sets up this. So now Adam is confiding the church to Eve. Woman, behold, you see. And so then knowing after that, you see, then this final act, which is alluded to, I think I already said that, when our Lord cleared the temple, um, his disciples remembered a line from the same psalm, zeal for your house consumed me or consumes me. And John translates that will consume me. Zeal for your house, O God, my Father, will consume me at the cross. Zeal for you and for your will and for the worship of you. It will consume me finally on the cross. That's when he says, you see, take teleste. And handing over, I mean, bowing his head, he handed over the Spirit. And that begins the era of the Spirit. The text goes on then, and I'm probably going to get through this, I think. The Jews, uh, because it was um, the Passover, I'm trying to find this other text for you now, um, Excuse me a minute till I find it. Okay, then the Jews, since it was preparation day, so that the bodies would not remain on the cross for the Sabbath, for it was a solemn day that Sabbath. It was not only Shabbat, it was Pesach. It was Passover. Solemn day. We don't know these bodies hanging out there on the cross. The Romans always crucified people near city gates. So everybody would look and see and get frightened. Don't cross Rome. And so that's what they So, ask Pilate that their legs be broken and they be taken away. I, I think I explained we were talking about crucifixion, that it comes through asphyxiation, finally. Well, if you want to hasten that asphyxiation process, break their legs and then they can't heist themselves up using their feet on, and the nail in their feet 
to to raise themselves so they'll die of asphyxiation. They went to one and then the other one. When they came to Jesus, you see, uh, they saw that he had already died. They did not break his legs, but one of the soldiers jabbed at his side with his lance, and suddenly blood and water. Suddenly, right away, blood and water came out. Eftis, you see, this is remarkable. Now, if you look at um, John seven, thirty-seven to thirty-nine, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me, and let him drink. The one who believes in me, for as Scripture says. Out of his midst shall flow rivers of living water. Now he said this of the Spirit, which those who believed were going to receive. The Spirit was not yet, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Now he's glorified. He's, he's glorified the Father. That's what he said the passion was about. The world must know that I love the Father. Rise, let us go from here. I've glorified you, Father. I've poured out my life for you. I've poured out the last drop of blood from you. And my blood and this water, these are the rivers of loving water, living water that flow from me. Now he said this of the Spirit. So the Spirit comes from Jesus, from his heart, poured out on the world. And that's why then um, he points to two, John points to two texts. Um, First, he says, the one who's seen this has borne witness, and his witness is true. And he knows that what he says is true. See, these are very solemn moments. This is the beginning of the presence of the Holy Spirit, you see, that you may believe. Now, these things came about so that Scripture might be fulfilled. You see how important it is? The whole Tanakh be rendered given honor, it shows us. So the first text is, his bone will not be broken. Of course, that's the Passover lamb. Not a bone of his will be broken when you sacrifice the Passover lamb. But there's another text in the psalm, the just man, many other trials of the just man, but not a bone of his will be broken. Already saying the just man is like the Paschal Lamb. And John says, Paschal Lamb, just man, Scripture is fulfilled. There he is. He's died. On Passover day, and not a bone of his was broken. This is very solemn. Can you see how it's all of this is coming together on the feast of the Jews? Passover. Now Passover is fulfilled. Now all that it was standing for, predicting, has happened. And so, uh, we have these two texts. The one, Jesus had already alluded to, you see. Uh, let him come to me and let him drink. For as scripture says, out of his midst so flow rivers of living water. The problem is, we've been trying for centuries to figure out, where does scripture say that? Is it the rock in the desert? Is it the temple where Ezekiel sees this vision of water coming out of the side of the temple and flowing down into the uh, Kedron Valley and going all the way down and sweetening the, the Dead Sea and providing trees on either side that have fruit every season and leaves for healing? 
Is that what he's referring to? Or uh, is it the other text? Strike the rock and water will come out. A soldier struck the rock and water came out. Now, in the Jewish tradition, that second one is alluded to. Uh, the water, the two things they say about that water that they ran out of, they ran out of Torah and they ran out of spirit. So, this moment is earth-shaking. Jesus, God himself, dies. Pours out his life right to the last drop of blood and water in his system. The church has always seen that as the sacraments. The sacraments flow, baptism and, and Eucharist. They flow from the side of Christ. So, do we have to pick one of those three meetings? No. They can all be there. All be there. So, in these verses that we have, you see, uh, down to verse 37, we have first Mary, the new Eve, accepting her role as the mother of the church for all eternity. And with it, all the power, all the wisdom, all that it takes to mother the church. How many times in the last century or century and a half has Mary, the mother of God, mother of the church, come to earth to warn us, to speak to us, to help us. And how every one of us are urged to take Mary as our mother. I did it solemnly on October 7th, 1950. And I've never, I, I rejoice in it every day. You see, because that makes me part of the church. She's mother of the church. And personally, my mother and your mother. And so this mystery unfolds, you see. And it unfolds through these texts which have to be penetrated. Now I've given you the, what can I say, the verbal explanation. Now the Holy Spirit has to penetrate your heart so that this is not just edifying words, it's a reality in your heart. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit. Amen.